Galatians 2. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaimed among the Gentiles, in order to make sure that I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out the freedom that we have in Christ so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And for those who seem to be influential, what they are makes no difference to me, God shows no partiality, those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me that we should go to the Gentiles and that they to the circumcised. Only they asked that we remember the poor, the very thing that I was eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not, not like the Gentile sinners. And yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. The word of the Lord. Amen. Join this week by very, and I mean very special guest, Brian Vickers, who teaches at Southern Seminary. Yesterday, we talked a lot about gospel clarity. That conversation kind of continues to today. Uh, Paul has been appointed by God with this gospel ministry to the, as he calls them here, uncircumcised. Peter, of course, other disciples given a ministry to the circumcision party or to the Jewish people. Um, there's this great summation chapter or part of this chapter in the end about our justification. So yeah, what are your thoughts on the chapter? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you almost don't want to ask me what my thoughts are on Galatians 2 because we'll never stop. But having said that, I think it's, um, I think some of the things to focus on is number one, and this is true from the beginning, Paul is at pains to show his authority as an apostle, right? Not to, not to just say, hey, I have authority. But this is what it's kind of coming down to is the truth of the apostolic gospel that was revealed by God, given to Paul. Uh, Paul was called by God to be an apostle, and he is absolutely in state. He's been recognized as the other apostles, but he doesn't get their authority from them. Uh, but, you know, we saw in chapter in chapter one, right, that they ex- they they extend the right hand of fellowship with him. They they heard his gospel. They approved his gospel. But Paul says they approved it and I'm glad they approved it. But my authority doesn't rest with their approval. It rests with God. Right. So he's he is. And that's what he's I think in, in Galatians, that's really the big idea is that it is the apostolic gospel revealed by God to Paul and to the apostles. Right, that is the only standard, mm-hmm. and that's you know he's really making sure to be clear on this, um, and so it's it's something that sometimes we maybe overlook a little bit. But Paul's not just boasting about himself; he's not just talking about like, "Hey, I have authority here; you have to do what I say." Well, and I, I think he's kind of proving that in a sense here in chapter two, because even Peter, yeah. who's like the apostle of apostles, right. I mean, this is Peter; he's the guy. Right. Um, he he had strayed away from this true, to use what you said, apostolic, or the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and needed to be brought back. And so if if anyone had earthly or human authority, it was Peter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yet I think what Paul is saying here is like, but there's, we are all under the authority of Christ and what he's revealed to us in his, in his yeah. gospel. And, you know, and a, a quick note about Peter's actions. I mean, I, you know, we have this way of constantly talking about how all the mistakes the apostles made and, you know, how they, they're never, like, up to speed. And, um, but I think one of the things that we need to do when we read this is not just immediately look at Peter and, like, Ugh, there he goes again, right? We need to, we need to resonate oh, you know, I I mean, mean, without, obviously without sort of condoning, but thinking, you know what, I do the same thing. You know what, it's really easy for me to cave in and not sort of hold the line of the gospel if I feel like I'm under pressure well, or the, just the to go along. The apostles' failings is an incredible grace to anybody that tries to be in pastoral ministry oh, like yeah. you and me. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be a pastor. Like, these people are supposed to look to me for, like, insight into how to follow Jesus, and yet I fail. And it's like, okay, well, at least pastors have been doing that for a really, really long time, yeah. and they need the grace of the gospel just as I daily need the grace of the gospel. Yeah. And they need correction. I mean— this actually what you're seeing here is a display of God's love for Peter in the correction that he received from his brother. Absolutely. And, it, you know, and it also speaks to how seriously Paul takes this issue of the gospel and the gospel alone as what identifies us as the as the people of God. Yeah. And, and, and again, he kind of gets back into the gospel clarity piece, at least in this particular um, passage in in the later half. We're not rebuilding something that has been torn down here. Um, we're we're trusting in Christ. We're we're not justified in the law. The law has been fulfilled in Jesus. And so now, as we look to Him, we can actually live to God. I love right. that. I love that phrase to yeah. live to God. Absolutely. You know, and 
Paul, and you're right, Paul does really, and he starts here and he's not anywhere near done talking about justification, right? So yesterday we talked a lot about the, just sort of the core confession of the gospel, right? And then we also said, well, there's more that can be said and must be said. And here we, we get it, right? Yeah. So when Paul's talking about justification, he's sort of unpacking the gospel, right? So, I mean, the issue, of course, with justification is it's God's declaration. It is a declaration from God that we stand before him, absolutely forgiven, right in his eyes, apart from anything that we've done, right? It's a, it's a gift, uh, apart from anything that we have done, are doing, or will do, right, um, through faith in Christ alone. And that's, you know, so it, that's really at the core of the issue, right? What is it, what is it, or upon, what's the thing upon which we stand before God accepted and forgiven? Mm. It is God's declaration of justification. And if that has happened, there's this old Belgic confession that says, you know, it's talking about justifying faith, and mm-hmm. it says, well, you know, justifying <clears throat> faith and, you know, live and let live, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it says, no, actually, what justifying faith does is it opens the door to actually serve the Lord. Because if you have been justified, if God has declared, Brian Vickers, you're righteous in my sight, then you are free from the law. You're free from having to earn your salvation. Exactly. You're free from having to establish your identity on the basis of anything that you do. And now, when you do do things that please the Lord, it's like, oh, he must love God. Like, it actually can please the Lord. Yeah. it actually can be directed toward God. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the fruits that that flow from. I just mixed up two things, right? But it's the, it's the fruits that come from faith. But it's not the fruits that make us who we are. They display who we are, yeah. right? And it all, it all. And I mean, it's all sort of summed up, if you will, this freedom we have, this freedom we have in justification, in verses 19, um, 19 and twenty. Uh, which I always tell my students, if you haven't memorized any of the Bible, <laughs> start right here, right? Because, you know, when Paul says, for through the law, I died to the law, of course, what he's what he's talking about, we'll see this later, what he's talking about is Jesus's death under the curse of the law. That's how Paul has died through the law, to the law, right? Jesus died under the curse of the law um, and removed that, that curse. And so in, in Christ's death, we died. Right, uh, and in Christ's life we live, and that's the freedom. You know, that's the freedom you're talking about, and that's why he goes on to say, um, "So that I might live to God, because I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live. That is me and my sinful flesh trying to fulfill the law, trying to make myself right, trying to identify myself. It's no longer I who live, but Christ, the new man, you know, the, but Christ who lives in me." And now I have this new life, the life that mm-hmm. I live in this flesh, I live by faith, right? And so, yeah, I just can't, um, I can't emphasize enough, like if whoever's listening, if you've never memorized these two verses, like drop what you're doing. Well, after this podcast, drop what you're doing. Well, this podcast is helping them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're drop on what the, you're doing. Stay on this memorize path. Those, memorize those verses. I love it. Well, we got a lot more. There's a lot more on how we are justified and the results of that justification. So for Brian Vickers, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. 
If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm. 